0: Be willing to get out there and fail, try a bunch of different things. If you don't like it, move on.
1: Welcome to the Painless Podcast. It's Chris Hartwig from Painless Networking here. Today's guest for Painless Pod 39 is Steve Busby, the CEO and founder of Revel Marketing based in Denver, and this is what we do with Each Payingless Podcast. We connect with good human beings in and around sports and event marketing, and not just with sound bites, but conversations with interesting, smart, generous people, sharing with us how and why they've reached the success they've had and how and why networking and mentoring have shaped their careers. Maybe you love networking or maybe you try to avoid it at all costs. But what if you could take the pain out of it? My humble suggestion is uh, check out www.painless.network. Set up your free profile today so you can simply and directly connect with other members to painlessly find a solution, posting and sharing jobs or internships or projects, or find yourself an awesome new job, or identify and vet and connect with a partner or vendor. Just head to the new painless.network today to take the pain out of networking. Two important notes for you. First of all, we've added a new, paintless event coming up in less than a month, thanks to today's new sponsor, Assemble Shared Office. We're going to have a Valentine's Day networking breakfast the morning of February 14th at Assemble's Gold Coast location. They're at 1165 North Clark. That's Clark and Division. That's right. Whether or not you have a Valentine, you're going to get Valentine's Day off to a guaranteed amazing start with a special painless breakfast get-together. February 14th, 7.30 a.m., join me and the painless networking crew and assemble members like painless member Brian Fox from Trusted Herd. We'll get the three C's, connecting, coffee, and um, uh, continental breakfast. How about that? You know this is going to be so much better than just heading straight into the boring old office or working that day alone in a coffee shop or moping around the pajamas in the uh, home office. Come on in, meet some good folks. You can get into that office by 9-ish, but I've had a lot of fun and made a lot of great connections before then. Or you can stay and work at Assemble for the rest of the day for free. You can just go to AssembleSharedOffice.com for more information on their cool, affordable spaces. In addition to the Gold Coast office, where we'll be meeting, just steps from the red line, literally. Assemble has two other spaces in Chicago, the West Loop, and they're opening a really nice new spot in uh, February in Wicker Park. Plus, they're, they have a spot in Minneapolis, for any listeners we have in the land of 10,000 lakes. Space is limited for this Valentine's Day event, though. Read the pod description for info and link to RSVP now. Second note, it's almost time for the Bank of America Shamrock Shuffle 8K. Can't believe it. That means spring is coming. Thanks for a great response from you, the listener, last year. Our good friends at the Shuffle are again offering a sweet discounted race entry to Painless members. Sign up today using the code PAINLESS, and you'll get in for 40 bucks. That's 10 bucks off. Just use the code PAINLESS when you register at shamrockshuffle.com. Okay, today's pod, let's get going. What happens when you mix a ton of passion and old soul and a love of sports marketing and then toss in a willingness to take a risk on starting a new business and a new business model from scratch? That's the recipe for Steve Busby and Revel Marketing from Assemble's Gold Coast location on January 17th. Let's get connected with Steve Busby. Welcome to the Painless Podcast today in a chilly Chicago uh, looking over a chilly Chicago scene from uh, Assemble shared workspace on uh, Clark and Division up in the up in the penthouse today Steve we've got a we've got a great seat overlooking all the <laughs> the st- Frozen steam coming off the tops of these buildings around here, but um, welcome to Chicago in town from uh, from Denver, Steve Busby, the CEO at Revel Marketing. You know what's your focus right now with Revel marketing?
0: So Revel is an emerging partnership sales organization as as Chris mentioned, we're based out of Denver right now. That's our corporate headquarters. Um, we've got a lot of big things planned for two thousand and eighteen and some expansion and and our plans, but ultimately, I like to think we're a results driven partnership model, so really, what we've done over the you know two and a half years of starting this company is proof of concept that you know this model could work in scaling down the the standard model of large retainers from the agencies that I identify as our competitors and then driving results by attaching value in our revenue structure to delivery. So rather than saying I can get Pepsi or Coke or Kraft Heinz or Fandor, you name it on the phone, I basically say pay me when I actually do get them on the phone and not only getting them on the phone, but they're interested in conversations move towards proposals and realistic chances of closing.
1: What, when you say results driven and you're working with, clients or even trying to land them as a client in the first place how are you coming about what's the the actual result that they're getting to and uh, and how it's measured like is there an example of a of a, of a client you don't have to even give names necessarily um, if you want to remain proprietary but if looking at something how are you coming to them that's different or of that value that they're gonna hire you and Revel marketing to do the do the work for them.
0: I think where that ultimately comes from is is a place of how this company got started, which we'll we'll get into in a little bit, but ultimately when I started my career in this, I realized pretty quickly that it was about getting swings of the bat and the more of those that I got, the more likely I was to close deals. You know, it's not necessarily unique to our industry that it's, you know, this funnel model applies really to everything that is sales, but, you know, specifically in ours, I I realized that it was mostly about getting to that proposal stage. So, you know, how it initially started was really almost on a handshake basis of, trust me and I'll trust you. You know the difference between a good meeting and a bad meeting, pay me for the good ones. And then I had to put more specific metrics around that as the company evolved so that, you know, if we get uh, a request for a proposal and there's a meaningful dialogue and we establish budget and it's in line with what the property wants from their sponsors, then that kind of are the metrics that we use to qualify them. Um, one of the things that I think is really unique and, and probably shoots ourselves in the foot a little bit to mm-hmm. a certain degree is uh, we give all of our clients veto power. So what that means is we do do billable meetings. And I think a lot of people get scared by that in theory because they're like, you know, if you're as good at this as you say you are, what's to prevent us from having to pay $15,000 because you get us 30 billable meetings in a month. And I, you know, my reaction to that is one, you can just say no, but two, if I'm getting you 30 billable meetings, we're not going to have problems working together, yeah, right. because it's pretty hard to get to that stage. So uh, you know we've never in our history as a company, you know even having as many as nine people work on a uh, you know our largest property that we work with today, uh, we're never getting more than eight you know billable meetings in a month, so we can talk a little more specifically about that down the road, but you know and it's, and it's y- tough so to you get there.
1: position yourself as a, as a, as a sales in a sales generation, sales even, well, support is probably not doing it justice, but in that that kind of a role, do you, or do you also get into, and also do you get into activation or, you know, wh- where do you fit in, uh, in the space out there in sports marketing right now?
0: Yeah, I, that's, you know, one of the challenges that I think we're faced with right now is that if it's a small activation and a low budget and it's fairly turnkey and easy to pull off, then yeah, of course we'll handle it. We kind of do that as a value add for any partners that we work with. Um, but as they get more complicated and scale up and the budgets that are associated with activating them kind of go over the twenty-five to $50,000 mark, That's where we start to get a little bit out of our core expertise, and and we try to refer that business out to some business partners that we work with. I mean, ultimately, that's that's a challenge that our company's facing. We're trying to identify, you know, is that a space we want to get into, which I think the answer is a clear yes, but are we in a position as a company, as a partnership sales model? in a place where we can handle it by, you know, the volume. Do we have the core expertise? Because really in our company, we, we only have maybe two people that have any real world experience with doing that type of work. Um, so half of it ends up being training some of the new people on how they do those activations and what goes into it and having a backup plan for the backup plan. And if they're not ready, it, it just ends up taking more time than what the money yields. So. We're kind of in an interesting zone right now where we're trying to get some small projects to, to help the rest of our team learn. Hmm. Um, but you know, I'm sure in the continued evolution of our company that will be a part of our core offering down the road. Right now, we're trying to, to stick to what we're best at. And you know, that, that brings up a point I kind of want to mention. In that, uh, I, I read a book right around the time that I started the company called "Good to Great" by Jim Collins. It was one of the, you know, the major books that Kobe Bryant read before becoming a leader at the Lakers. And he, you know, he joked with J.A. Adonde that he was not going to reveal what the book was that changed his life until the day he retired. And after that ridiculous last game of his career, where he right. put up sixty plus in LA. Uh, Adande goes over to interview him and he immediately says it and he's like I told you I'd tell you so here it is and you know right after that I bought the book and read it but you know the core message that that book really taught me was you need to focus on what you can be great at and and you really can't be great at multiple things at once. So if you can keep your focus in one place and for us that's partnership sales, becoming a pipeline feeder, lead generation, closing those leads, contract execution and negotiation, and then whether it's a small activation or not, it's it's kind of handing that off, but it's it's full service sponsorship. Um, without really the activation arm at this stage is more of the closing the deals and getting you the, the sponsorship revenue.
1: Right. So on, before we go back and, and, and look at the background of how you ended up here, one more question about it would be, you know, if I'm, who, who is a, or is there a typical client? And then, you know, what would that be that they would come to you? How would they come to you? What would they need you to do for them in this, uh, in the
0: sponsorship Selling cycle, basically. I guess I, I don't know that there's a typical client, and and the reason I use the phrase partnership marketing more than than sponsorship is because as as our evolution continues, we're not limited just to sports. Um, obviously, that's kind of our predominant focus. It's where most of my experiences, it's where most of my contacts are, and in some cases, is the easier sell. Um, but events are outstanding to work with. Um, You know, we work with a property called Cochon 555. It's one of the largest pork and wine festivals in the country. And I've been amazed at the willingness of brands to get involved. So, you know, because historically it's been, you know, uh, matching up the numbers of how many people are we delivering? What's the digital reach? And here's the dollars that correlate with that. And then when I look at you know, this event space, it's it's a very particular audience. It's it's high-end, high household income, but low numbers, right? The digital reach is strong, but there's maybe only 500 people on site. And I'm blown away by the amount of money brands are willing to invest in that space. Um, it, it's been a really fun property to work on. So it's kind of opened my eyes that there's not necessarily one perfect fit, and there's a lot of different ways to cut this up. So. That's a roundabout way of answering your question, but really what I, what I view this as is there is no typical perfect client for us outside of this. There's a lot of people that need sponsorship help and partnership help, and they're fairly underserved. And the large agencies in this country are never going to be a fit for them. You know, fifteen dollars to $25,000 a month as a retainer fee does not work for a lot of the emerging companies in particular. Uh, and properties in this country and that's an underserved market so really kind of how we got in was by serving that and and coming in and saying you know you're in a fortunate position because we need to prove ourselves and we need to prove this business model and at the same time you can't afford the guys that are elite I I think I'm elite I come from a pretty great agency and I I say that humbly after you know two years of basically getting beaten up by the, the world out here but what I'm I'm essentially promising to these people is that I'm gonna give you the same opportunity that you would get with that large agency, except for I'm being realistic, that I'm not gonna name drop, I'm not gonna tell you that I have all these best friends all over the place because I don't, Uh, but I'm the hungry guy that's out there that's gonna get you the opportunities, I'm gonna get you to the table. So it's it's really pretty open. One of the things that might shed a little light on this and how we find our perfect clients today is at the start of 2017, we we changed the company name. It was, you know, when I started it, I just, I had no idea what I wanted the company to officially be. I had this attachment to the idea of the name Revel, but I was a little disconnected from it because I think Revel by definition, when you look at it, it has this title, almost binge drinking. (laughs) So like I was afraid (laughs) of how that would be taken uh, in the public eye and as I've evolved and like really understanding what that word means to me, um, you know, I got much more comfortable with it. So the original name was The Property Rep Pros. In 2017, uh, around Christmas time last year, uh, we made a decision to create a hype video and change the company name to Revel because it really stood for like who we were as people. It's about, you know, you and I together celebrating in in results as they come in, you know, and, and, and celebrating the success together. So that's what Revel means to me. But we, we changed that name and and the identity of our company changed into, to a certain degree because a lot of the first uh, properties we worked with were um, you know falling apart. They'd been around for a long time. Their numbers were decreasing, and it's really hard to sell a sponsorship for something that you're promising certain numbers and it might under deliver, and that really doesn't lead to long term relationships with no. the brand. So we completely pivoted and switched directions when we changed our name to Revel and decided that we were only gonna focus on growth industries mm-hmm. and, and companies that were new and or emerging or had something new about them that was changing. So one of the key examples of that that I'm sure we'll talk about is the National Lacrosse League. You know They have a new leadership team in there um, that's just done an incredible job of revitalizing the entire organization, and they're in a rapid expansion mode right now. We work directly with Kevin Morgan, and it's just been a lot of fun learning about you know how you scale a league that's been around for twenty plus years
1: and then you are with a partner like that it's you're helping get meetings, and then are you seeing it all the way all the way through the sales process on these things of helping them you know, develop their, for the NLL, for example, developing packages and pricing and helping them on valuation and seeing it through, attending all these meetings Mm -hmm. um, and, and... you know, going to signing the deal, or do you step away at, at uh, you know some point early on, mid on? Like, how would you describe your involvement in the process with somebody like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, every client's different, right? Okay. When you're when you're talking about a league, they've obviously got a lot of systems in place that work, and and you know, the fortunate thing of working with a guy like Kevin Morgan is this this guy's an elite member of the. You know the sporting world. He's he's done some incredible things in his career. He's the former CMO of the Capitals. Um, It's been a lot of fun to work with him. But I think anybody that's ever worked in this industry can tell you that every client is different. Mm -hmm. So for you know some of our clients that need more help in these territories, yes, we're doing literally everything: proposal creation, you know, contract negotiation and execution, seeing it all the way through, start to finish. Right? Um, You know, with the NLL, I I think it's really nice to, to. to to have a partnership with Kevin where it's our job to to feed him, right? And we Mm -hmm. just continue to get him to the table with brands where he will take these conversations and kind of run with them. We'd like to be a part of it. Um, You know, one of the big decisions that really helped us in early 2017 to go from, you know, we're sticking our flag in the ground. This is the brand we want to be. This is revel. We're here. You know, we've identified how we want this company to evolve. I hired a world-class graphic designer in Jeff Ackler. He's done unbelievable things for my company, and even you know, with some of the largest organizations we've ever worked with, with incredible graphic design teams, I still feel, in some cases, that Jeff can do work that really does put a fine coat of paint on, on other people's work before it. You know, in some cases, that's more than others, but yes, to answer the question shortly, we, we like to be a part of everything and help um, but really, you know, the way Kevin and I talk about it o- on the phone, kind of in between calls is it's my job to give them body shots and, and he's, you know, he's the boxer that comes in and gives them the knockout.
1: All right. So now, uh, I said one more question and then that ended up being another five but <laughs> but it was that's good stuff because I think uh, folks listening are going well, so well how would I work with Steve or you know what what is what's his kind of day-to-day and I know it changes on a daily basis of course and with clients but just understand a little bit deeper of what 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 all you're, you're doing and can do so to understand you know what what shaped you how did you get here you know did you did you grow up in sports I and mean, you've you know you've lived in Chicago for a bit? Are you from Chicago? Are you from Denver? Are you from somewhere else? Where'd you go to college? Those kinds of things. How did the sports and education piece shape you? What did you, right. you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid and in, in heading off to college or graduating around that, at that point in your life?
0: Right. Yeah, we can roll the, uh, the Johnny Cash, I've been everywhere man song <laughs> so at this point. I mean, I, I really have bounced around a lot you know, in my early professional career. So to say I'm uniquely from one place, I think I identify, honestly, the most with Chicago because this is where I, you know, kind of had the aha or figure it out, like this is where I need to be, this is this is the path. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household with an entrepreneur. Um, you know, my dad started his own company he came home one night very frustrated, mad at the family and the next morning he was moving a bunch of boxes of nuts and bolts into our garage and moving the cars out, right? So that's where the company started when I was 3 years old. I remember looking at it having no idea what was going on. It was not it was not clear, but my dad had just made the decision to to make the leap, right? So I, I've got a lot of first-rate advice on how to start a company and how to stay small and live within your means, take risks that are necessary, you know, be willing to make those types of decisions. But, you know, since I was 12 years old, I think I identified that I wanted to follow a similar path in that I wanted to start my own company. I never wanted to work for the family company. I did at one point. We can talk about that a little what, bit. What but, kind of
1: business is it? With so nuts it, and bolts So it's, it's a
0: specialty parts distribution company. Oh, really? So it's it's selling nuts and bolts, hydraulic equipment, um, things of the, things of that sort to you know the blue collar workers of America. And that so so I'll I'll, I'll kind of give you a little bit of the history real quick in that. I knew that I wanted to start my own company and I wanted to kind of pave my own path. So that that much was identified. I I don't think anybody, well, most of us go to college and we don't, we still have not figured it out, right? I changed my major four or five times. I, I don't even know. I ultimately just kind of fell backwards into PR and I was like, this will get me out of here in four years. No, that's not to knock my education. I went to James Madison University. I had an incredible experience there. It was a phenomenal school. Um, you know, but as far as my personal interests and what I wanted to do with my career, I had no idea. So between my junior and my senior year, uh, there was this program called Dream Careers that, uh, I was introduced to. And this is, you know, this is a, if I ever end up doing any kind of motivational speaking in my, in my life, I, I want the topic of it to be the sale of my life, which was me going home after learning about this program, knowing that I had no direction, Um, but knowing that for, for some reason I kind of had this itch that like sports marketing and, and sponsorship sales kind of seems up my alley. Like this is where I, this is where I need to be. So I, uh, I went home that summer, you know, at the beginning of the summer and was sitting down with my dad and I was like, was, I don't, Sorry, this was between this was between and my senior, junior and senior year. Yeah, okay. so this was this was before going back for my final year, and I knew I needed a plan. I needed some real world experience to get a little taste. Like I either was going to love it and commit to it, or I was not. But at least I knew, right. you know. So that's that's really where I was putting all my feelers out there. So I went home that summer, and I was like, Dad, this program costs eight thousand um, dollars. I've got to be able to. I, I gotta be able to perform, okay? I gotta be able to prove myself before I graduate if I'm gonna get the job I want. This is an investment in me. This is me investing in myself. I have $4,000 in IBM stock. My grandfather was a lifetime IBMer. Okay. He gave me 10 shares on my birthday. And then, you know, it as as I got older, it was worth about four grand. So I was like, let's sell the IBM. I'll pay for half. You pay for the other half. I'll pay you back when I when I get to it. And, you know, it was a long, Argument slash conversation of, I promise you, I'm going to knock this out of the park. So that was that was the first summer that I what, engaged, I, I uh, was an intern for Engage Marketing. Yeah,
1: we, well, yeah. Sorry about that. Having to work with a guy like Kevin Adler, <laughs> a long time painless networking <clears throat> uh, core member. He's a good. He's a good dude. Um, the uh, conversation with with your dad and having that confidence. How, how did you at that point? you know, a lot of guys in still in college and you're not quite sure what you want to do. How did you, you know, how'd you have that confidence though, that you were going to knock it out of the park? Was it the really confidence you were going to knock it out of the park or was it that you felt the passion that you just knew that this is what you wanted to do so you could pour your time into it? Or was it, or I mean, they, was it something
0: they, else or? There's no way to know headed into anything that it's a hundred percent what you want to do. I just knew that I mean I'm a little bit of an old soul like I definitely feel more mature than my age I, and and the things I've done at this point you know there's not a lot of people you know that that are my age that try have 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 made the leap and that's again I you know I don't mean that in a you know cocky way at all I'm I'm just saying like it it took a certain leap of faith for me because I don't know I just did you know I was always willing to fail and and I think my dad's message to me growing up was always, you know, your, your greatest investment is in yourself and your, your greatest confidence is your ability to perform. So, you know, if you're investing in anything, you need to be investing in your own efforts, right? So if that means I have to, in the case of that program, pay money to go do an unpaid internship, um, I knew it was gonna open doors for me that my institution in college Likely wouldn't in this career field. Um, You know, and any other experience I could get, you know, through my network that I had at the time, I I wasn't going to get to shake hands with the people I wanted to. So, coming to work for Kevin was one that I identified. I mean, the cool thing about Dream Careers was you could kind of look through all of the biggest marketing agencies in Chicago and kind of have your pick, and their value proposition was we'll get you to the table. So, I don't know how much of that. Indirectly has influenced me, but they were like, "We'll get you an interview with all these guys, and then it's your job to pull the trigger." Chicago? Did you have? I'd I'd heard nothing but great things, so I was just kind of on a whim. It
1: wasn't like uh, uh, you had some landing zone here of a family member. Really, it was no. It was just come here for this. You wanted to come to Chicago specifically for the summer and get some kind of a sports marketing.
0: Yeah, I call call that a little bit of a tumbleweed mentality, but like, I really like, you know, ending up in places where I know nobody, you know, I, I, my, we'll we'll get to that in time. But ultimately, like, I have no problem being somewhere where I know no one. It's almost thrilling to me at this point. So I kind of chase that a little bit. And I've had that itch in me to, you know, in high school, it's as simple as like, I, I was kind of nerdy. You know, I was a really good math student. I won this competition when I was in fifth grade called Math 24. You give you four numbers, you make 24 out of it. Don't know why, didn't know I was smart before then, but I figured out that I was really good at making those numbers into 24. Nerd status achieved, right? But <laughs> but I was also like willing to go up to the cute girl and fail, right? And fall on my face. And I did it a lot and then you know eventually it worked out and that i think that kind of like cut my teeth as a young guy that like hey you know if i if i'm willing to fall down on my face enough times i'm going to get pretty good at this so that was kind of the mentality like let's go to chicago And, and specifically working for Kevin, like Kevin, Kevin was a startup guy. You know, he had an emerging brand himself in engaged marketing. And, you know, I think he's one of the most impressive marketers in the country. I mean, I basically feel like I got my master's degree working for him. So, you know, having that experience to learn from somebody that's, that's that elite in this industry was incredible for me and, I didn't think I was going to get unfettered access or hands-on approach to someone that's a CEO of a company with a large institution in Chicago. So I wanted the small company. I wanted to learn. Um, and Kevin was really good about you know, looping me in and bringing me in on some of the tough decisions and you know, why things are done a certain way. So it, it was a really great experience for me.
1: And so you, uh, you did that. Uh, as part of you worked with Engage Marketing. That is, as part of uh, here in Chicago, as part of Dream Careers, and then mm-hmm. did, you went to work at Dream Careers when you graduated. Is I that, did. That, yeah, that, that was. I, mean?
0: I think even they would say that that was the surprise of a lifetime because. You know, when I did the program, I had fun. I was the guy on the weekend that we'd go out to the bars with the people from the program, and I thought it was a smart and investment decision to buy the first round of beers. So I'd grab like two buckets of beers, I'd put them on the ground, I'd be like, whoever can grab them, but then I didn't pay for a beer for the rest of the night, and I ended up spending like, you know, 15, 20 bucks. But, <laughs> you know, I had fun, so the way that the people, uh, Jenna Flanagan, Lindsey Kane, the way that they looked at me is like, oh, this guy's like, you know, a maybe future marketing guy. And, you know, he parties like he's definitely not going to be a good employee. But, <laughs> you know, when when I did the interview with them, I was like, guys, I got to get back to Chicago. Like, I'm absolutely like your best ambassador for this program because I really feel like I crushed it in my internship. I believe in the value. Like it opened so many doors for me. And I was like, you need me to do this. So quick story on that is you know my first night in the program and this is someone we'll talk about uh you know down the road and in, in like mentors of mine uh brian breen was my first boss and and we did the program together and and the first night's speech brian was kind of doing the introduction and talking about his story and why you use this summer for what it is Mm -hmm. and I just had this compelling moment where I went to Lindsay and Jenna and I was like guys I come from the program last year I am them like they need to hear it from me not someone who's never done the program so I actually asked for the keys to the car to give the speech on the second night where you know you're standing up in front of a hundred kids that have never been to Chicago before or from somewhere in the Midwest and they're in the same shoes I was in a year ago at this time and I'm jealous like I'm jealous that they're about to have what to me was the most fun summer of their life, but also I wanted to be very clear that I did make mistakes, but if you use this, like I did volunteer time on Saturdays, I went the extra mile, and it ultimately led to a job down the road again with Engage Full Time uh, a number of years ago. So. that was my speech to them was like, guys, this isn't just a free ride. Like a lot of you are here in theory because your parents could afford to send you to rich kid summer camp for (laughs) $8,000. But you've got to look at this as your opportunity to prove yourself so you can come out of college with a great job.
1: And and so you did that for about a year working with them. And then, then you went and did a uh, kind of a corporate marketing job at uh, Caldwell Banker
0: that yeah that, right? that was that was kind of my getting my fingers wet with SEO and blog marketing so it was a little bit of exposure into that and I think that was kind of a you know like I said I've I've kind of traveled all over that was one of those moments that I was like this isn't it you know so at the end of it I was like I, I need to make a move and my brother ironically he was he was an army guy um, so he he's 3 years older than me but he graduated the year after me. So after that first year in their in the real world, he he was like I'm going to go work for the family company and this is something I never wanted to do, but I did not realize that sibling rivalry would kick in so hard and I was <laughs> like I'm down, let's do it. I'm going to I'm going to kick your butt. Like you're not even going to come close to me in sales and and I moved to Pittsburgh so that was like you know I ended up there I did about a year and a half of of the nut and bolt sales and I'll tell you what of all of the things I've done professionally there's nothing better for like a young confident ego to get absolutely kicked like <laughs> it, it was just you know You're people the blue collar America does not care who you are they want you to like literally cry in front of them and you you just like develop really thick skin you know dealing with people that almost act like they hate you and they're like don't come back and then you're like all right see you next wednesday like you just that was about being consistent and you know learning how to mess with people and 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 develop that thick skin and it was crucial for my development. And like, you know, you're, you're walking up and knocking on doors. You've never been there before. And you're like, who's the parse guy? The parse guy doesn't like you. And I'm like, how do you know? He's never met me. And it, Well, his name's Larry and he's had a guy for 20 years. I'm like, I'll be in his office. And we're like, he won't be back for three hours. I'll be in his office. So, you know, you just kind of get that like persistence <laughs> drilled into you that you have to, you have to survive.
1: And who, what kind of people were you going in and, and meeting with when talk about the the parts in this this kind of a blue yeah i was like was it?
0: truck stops machine factories stuff like that like
1: and you had like the P- pittsburgh or Pen- all of pennsylvania or what how big of a you were just on the road and yeah like, huh? i had a
0: huge territory it really wasn't limited so you know i drove as far east as two hours west into youngstown and you know all over really i, w- I would go into these places I was shocked I mean you want to talk about the Carnegie legacy like every single thing had Carnegie on it somewhere so it was it was cool I mean I, I pretty much was on the road all day every day and and listening to you know how to win friends and influence people which uh, Dale Carnegie references Carnegie the whole time so I'm like yeah I've been in his backyard yeah, so get right. <laughs> to know get to know in Carnegie inside and out, because
1: that's all you heard all day. Right. The, uh, and so you did that for a few years with the family business. Why leave that? Why, and why in the world go back to work? You already knew what you were getting into with Kevin Adler. Why go back then to Engage?
0: Yeah, I mean, Engage was my, by far, of all the jobs I had, my favorite. Like, it wasn't even, wasn't even close. I mean, it was, I, I knew I wanted to be there. So really, this entire time, I was kind of fighting to get back, if you will. So, I was consistently networking and, and trying to find my way. And, and Kevin was really good about saying, you know, if I had a desk, I'd hire you right away. And ironically enough, once he did, I, I had reached out to him around the same time that, you know, he was really close to signing a couple big new accounts. And he was like, your timing's perfect this time. Like, you know, let's get back together. But I think it's that same thing that I alluded to before that as a young man, I, I, I always knew that I did not want to be a part of the company. Um, And and, and frankly, I I think it boils down to one moment where one of our other sales reps had a referral for me. It was a big multi-location company that he was working with, and they had one in Western Pennsylvania that wasn't worth it for him to drive all the way out, so he gave it to me. And when he did, he introduced me as the son of the owner of the company, and no one treated me the same. Like, every other account didn't know, and I was very clear not to ever mention that. And it wasn't a silver spoon in mouth situation, it was a pure commission job. My dad, like, to his credit, now, at the time, I hated him. (laughs) You know, but now, like, you know, that was really crucial, like, complaining about not making enough money and running up credit card debt. He was like, yeah, it sounds like a problem, you better fix it. You know, he was really, really good about saying, like, it's on you. It's not my fault. I didn't need you. And that's like definitely not what you would expect, the owner to, you know, treat their son in the company. Like, but that was kind of for me. I was like, people, you can see it in their eyes. They're looking at you a little different. And I was like, I just, it started keeping me up at night. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, this is, this is not my life. I don't, I don't want to continue dad's legacy of selling nuts and bolts. Okay. And then
1: was he uh, based in, uh, the company is based in Denver.
0: Is that? My father's? Yeah. No, my my father's company is based out of Philadelphia. Out of Philadelphia? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then you... An opportunity opens up with Kevin and Engage Marketing. You did that for about a year. And then you know, thinking, well, you probably need about that much time to really get in a groove there and yeah. you decide to leave instead and, and start well, your own it, thing,
0: huh? Call it another life lesson. Um, I sold my soul to the devil for a salary a little bit and, you know, I took a bump up and, you know, Chicago is not the cheapest city in the world to live in and I was kind of living dollar to dollar and paycheck to paycheck and I, I just wanted something a little more. So I did that, but it was not long after after making the jump, realizing that wow, you're so much happier when when you love what you do. So I became obsessed with an idea that I learned at Engaged Marketing. This is really kind of the birth of of Revel and you know the property rep pros formerly. Uh, I, I kept thinking that you know all of the clients that I worked on when I was with Kevin, really liked me because I got them to the table a lot and I invited them. And I was like, you know, I noticed a pain point when we we didn't invite them. And we were like, you know, we're the pros, we're gonna handle this, we'll let you know when things get real. The problem with that is sponsorship is so variable month over month. Like, you don't know how it's gonna be next week. You could have a killer week, you could have a dead week. But when, you know, two or three weeks goes by where the client doesn't really hear anything substantial, they start to think you're not doing anything, even though you are, you know? And and that's not to say we weren't. I'm just saying in this business, a lot of hours go into it. It can be a thankless job sometimes. Like you're putting all of the hours in and it's not delivering the results. How does your client know? You know, so so what I wanted to do is like, okay, let's start inviting them to everything, so that they know that we're doing it. We're we're getting them swings of the bats, and I, I knew my clients really appreciated that. So, you know, I was I was in uh, that that next job, and I kind of was like. I gotta find a way to get back into sports marketing. So I actually on my weekends and evenings was building the website, terrible graphic designer, awful looking website, it had generic handshake photos and like glass buildings. Like it just was a bad website. Um, but you know, the passion was there. Like I knew what I needed to do and I ended up on a phone call with Rob Thompson who was one of the first clients I worked on uh, with Kevin at North America Sports Group and I was kind of telling him about this theory that I had of what if it was a pay for performance model where you paid me for getting you to the table. And at the time, it was just get the meeting, pay me $250. It's since evolved, it's a different model, there's more specific metrics around it now. But then it was purely a handshake, like join me on the call, pay me $250. And that developed some pain points because sometimes you get brands on the phone and they're just like, just send me a proposal or, yeah, you know, it's not really interesting to me. You shouldn't be paying me 250 bucks for somebody that's not interested, that clearly was, like, delegated from the brand. It's an agency. They just had to get on the phone. Right. So, you know, that involved. But essentially, he was like, yeah, that could work. You know, that, that's something I, as a business owner, would pay for is the swings of the bats. So, you know, I started taking... You know, I was looking at West Coast businesses being in Chicago and setting up meetings for the end of the day at 5, 6 p.m. and trying to set end-of-day business development meetings. And I was practicing with companies I didn't want to work with, or not necessarily that I didn't want to work with, but I knew wouldn't be able to afford it. So I could practice the pitch and get better at it and get better at it and get better at it. And then I ended up uh, down at the AMA in Orlando and my company had paid for me to be down there, and it was a great experience. And the first night, I bumped into AJ Maestas, mm-hmm. uh CEO of Navigate Consulting. Huh. Uh, he had, you know, he was in a shared office space when I was interning for Kevin. Right. So I watched his company explode, yeah. and he was just named a top forty under forty. So I'm like, this guy's the guy. You know, I gotta go talk to him about this idea. So. I had actually bumped into him in, in the elevator when I was working for Kevin the second time around and I told him, I was like, hey, I don't know what it is today, but someday I'm going to have an idea for a company and I want to come lean on you <laughs> for advice. And he was like, I could tell he was like kind of taken aback by it because he didn't know who Steve was, this kid that was Kevin's intern four years ago. Like he was just like, wait, wait, who? And, and, I, and I could tell he, you know, he kind of like stepped back and looked at me and he was like, I look forward to it. So then... I meet him at the AMA, and I'm and I bump into him, catch up, little small talk, and I was like, AJ, I've got the idea. It's literally keeping me up at night. I'm dreaming about it, and it's the first thing I think of when I wake up. I got to tell you about it. He's like, I look forward to it. I was like, I don't want to do it now. Let's do it later. Don't know why I said that. I wanted to do it then, like you know. I, he was just like, I'm looking forward to it. So later that night, it's it's about to jump out of my chest. I was like, we got to go out on the porch. I got to tell you about this concept. So. I kind of this, this is kind of like one of those mentors slash big ideas that he kind of instilled in me is I was like talking about how I wasn't completely happy in my current position and this was really where my passion was and I knew that this idea could work and you know I'm, I'm laying my heart on the table for the guy like I'm trying to get him to, to, to pay for my services and and he's like Steve you 're going to do it, but you 're only going to do it when you 're all in. Stop this five p m 6 pm nonsense meetings he's like, quit your job yesterday. That was kind of the, the point. So like advice to other people thinking about doing it there 's no right time you 're not ready. Just go like just go so Really, that's effectively what I did. Huh. So on Monday, uh, the, the job I was in, and, and me separated, and you know I'm driving this hard line, I'm so excited. Wait, I, so you
1: went back from AMA? Yeah. And walked into Kevin Adler. At no,
0: no, 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 this is after Kevin. Remember, I went to another job. I was oh, actually working for that's, GGP that's here right, in Chicago. That's right, and, and I went in on Monday, and, and they were like, well, what, the, the truth of the story is, I showed up late on, on both days. And they, the first day, they were like, if you do this, again you know serious consequences and I knew what it meant and I you know i ended up hanging out with aj the next night talking about this business idea again until like 2 in the morning and you know showed up late again and they were like pack your bags and i was like yeah this is this is kind of mutual right now so on monday we talked about it and they were like i think we're going to move towards separation i was like so am I? like it's it's all good i get it like you know i'm sorry and you know it is what it is it was like they they did, weren't a part of that step in my career and you know ultimately i'd love to make that good someday by selling you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of out of home real estate in their malls and then just be like hey thanks for you know a couple of years ago I owe them one for sure uh, but ultimately you know my my heart was set right so so on Monday you know I'm driving that hard line I'm like yep we are separating let's go I call my dad I'm like I'm starting my own company it started right now and then I get home and I sit in my apartment and I realize. I don't have an office, I don't have a real plan, I don't have a business plan, I have an idea that I'm really passionate about. Uh-huh. So kind of that oh crap moment hits you like a ton of bricks and you're like, I have no salary, I have a lot of bills, what am I doing, yeah. what, what have I done here? And that, that I think is kind of honestly, frankly, like a big part of it, you need that. Like if you don't have that back against the wall, if I don't perform here, I don't eat, you probably won't make it.
1: <laughs> no, you're, you're not going to. That's, uh, yeah, that's the eye-opener. And, uh, but the, pa- I mean, the passion kind of overriding everything almost, mm-hmm. right? So you, so how do you end up in Denver?
0: Yeah, so there's, I mean, honestly, I just started networking and like, you know, letting people know that I had started this business and one of the first companies to really give me a shot It's not an easy window. Denver's just kind of where I wanted to be. I'm a huge skier. Like, if you watch the video on our company website, that's pretty clear. you know, that's a big part of our culture. We have a ski house for the company. And, you know, our our business development manager was mad at me for getting it for the company because he's like, Steve, we can't afford things like this. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is our culture. Like, this has to happen. But that's a point of contention between him and I, and we're trying to, like, determine if that was a good move or not. I think it was. He doesn't. That's (laughs) the the jury's still out. But ultimately, I wanted to be in Denver. So I actually had some good friends. Uh, You know, they had a nice house. I lived on their couch you know no no glory story here but one of the first companies to give me a shot was this company called Triple Crown Sports in Fort Collins and this is one of my favorite stories that I tell when I'm trying to get new business because I think it really speaks to who we are as a company Um, you know I do the networking thing I end up getting connected to uh, Roland in their offices who shows me around you know, he's nice enough to, to basically tell me flat out there's no chance that we're gonna work together. He's like, but come up and, you know, come up and see us. I'll, I'll introduce you to the CEO. I'll give you a tour of the facility and we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. So I go up there and he does the whole tour and then takes me in and I meet with Dave King, CEO of Triple Crown Sports. This guy has built an outstanding company. His son now runs, runs the company and does a phenomenal job with it. Carrie is one of my favorite people that I've ever worked with. Um, that institution as a whole is probably the best youth sports organization I've ever worked with. So um, anyway, to, to reel back to the beginning, I, I sit in with Dave King, and he I kind of give him my real quick elevator pitch. And he, this guy draws a hard line. Like, he is, he is a no-nonsense type. So he kind of just, just says to me, he's like, I don't need you. He's like, not only do I not need you, but I don't like you. He's like. Uh, <laughs> You know, people in your business do a thing that I don't like and almost put me out of business once. He lost a major corporate sponsor at a time that almost, you know, put him out of business. That, at the time, he was doing adult softball leagues. Budweiser was huge for him. Nike was huge. And then he lost somebody. He hasn't said who for, for good reason. And it almost put him out of business. He shifted the focus to youth sports. And he said, I want to I focus on running this company as an elite youth sports organization that doesn't need sponsorship to run. Pivotal move, pivotal move, and he. So after he kind of grills me for a minute and says, you know, I don't need you. You're, you know, I don't like people in your position, stuff like that. I was like, that's exactly why I need you. I was like, I'm trying to prove a brand here. I'm trying to prove a concept. And I need people that don't need sponsors because you're perfect for sponsors. The, the sponsors don't want a program that needs their money to be successful. They want something that's successful that they can buy into, right? And be a part of and grow with it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, I, I basically laid it out like that and then you know, Roland's sitting in the room with me, and he's like, all right, that was perfect, we gotta go. Like, I, I, no disrespect, I'm not cutting you off, but we gotta end that there. You're not gonna do any better than you're doing right now. So we're walking <laughs> down the hallway, and, and Dave King leans out of his, his office and points at me and she goes, I never said it wasn't possible. <laughs> it, it took me two months from that day to actually sign it, and at that point I couldn't live on a couch anymore. So I'm I'm back in my hometown in the, in the, you know, the bed that I grew up in, um, you know, just trying to save money, doing odd jobs to keep this dream alive. Right. Uh, but, but that was my first client and I was like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. But at that point, I'm so used to making no money that I was like, we gotta get better. So I hired someone right away and probably a foolish decision, but, you know,
1: this is coming from the guy who just quit without the business plan,
0: <laughs> yeah. admitting
1: this also may have been a foolish decision.
0: Yeah, they're all foolish decisions. It but seems, you're betting but some a, of b- them work out. Frankly,
1: some of it's you're betting on yourself. Yeah, and it's not that you don't necessarily have a plan. It's not on paper. Yeah, and it needs to get on paper probably to fully crystallize it. Like you said, but it, it some is of now, these agreements. Well, <laughs> right, no, no, no. Of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess well not necessarily of course i'm making some assumptions that it's gotten there but but it, it has to be at this point just like the contracts and right. some handshakes right there's there's a lot of trust not only in your own ability but in other people's abilities to uh, that you know they're going to do what they say they're going to pay you they're going to right, right? Yeah. and then it starts to get into like you said this is the balance of growing and having these relationships getting bigger being able to do bigger deals but at the same time trying to still be that Guy or that group that's affordable for everybody, and mm-hmm. and it's the true one-on-one connections and those things, and so it's finding that balance. How many people are you at right now with Revel?
0: Uh, how many staff? We have six full-time, uh, four contractors, and three interns. So we're at, we're at thirteen. But you know, I've I've developed a, a great relationship with Jessica Baumgarten, who leads the sports business program at CU Boulder, she just keeps feeding me graduates that are. Phenomenal at this job and I keep hiring them like even you know if we can't afford it like we find a way to pull it off because these guys are so good at their job like they come in here I think people have really bought into the vision of what we're trying to do and that's that's how you get these interns, right? That's how you get people right. to come in and work for free is because they have to, one, obviously they want to work in sports. Everybody thinks they want to work in sports and you know, some people get into it and realize it's not a fit. What I think I've been fortunate in is the people that come to work here are buying into the fact that we are trying to be the hungry young guys that are changing the industry. You know, We're trying to disrupt, we're trying to break things. Um, and rebuild and you know it's really that results driven mentality is a onus that it's on me right and everyone in the company has to take that so like my initial speech when I hire anybody is like if you're a fit here you don't care that this is unpaid because I will give you commissions you will make money we had an intern come in last summer who just knocked my socks off um, he came in and just absolutely understood everything and I had an interviewed at that point in time you know we're a little over, we're coming up on two years, so we're we're a little over a year and a half old when I interviewed him the first time. And every kid that I had interviewed at that point, I mean, I would have taken anybody, you know, I, I pretty much did, you know, anybody that wanted to help early on, I was just like, I just need help, right, for for internships. And then, you know, then I started to get a little more careful with it. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's get people that can do this effectively. And this kid called me. He's the first one I talked to that truly seemed to understand the ethos of our company. So he came in and I was like, look, man, I, it's an unpaid internship. We don't have any money to give you. But if you crush it, I will pay you. And he made $8,000 in eight weeks. I mean, he, wow. he absolutely, for a college intern headed back for his senior year, it's a lot of dough. Kid crushed it. Um, You know, he signed two new clients for us so he was just incredible he took it on himself and he's kind of been the example that I share with people is like guys stop looking for a handout I mean that's what the nut and bolt job gave to me was that it is up to me so I kind of bring that to the company in that you do have to prove it there's elements like I will give you a raise on a moment's notice if you start crushing it and I think everybody in our company knows that at this point Um, But it's just been, it's been great. Like I I feel like our company culture is at an all time high. Uh, I took everybody to London because uh, we met with a, a client of ours, World Chase Tag, but really it was, it was an equal excuse to go to London and, and our entire company wanted took to everybody. go. everybody. I took everybody that was on wow. a full-time staff to, to, to London That's and awesome. you know, got them a place. I think we stayed uh, near the castle. We got lucky on Airbnb. There was a late cancellation. We, we just had an incredible experience. So like coming back from that, everyone was just buzzing. Like The office was incredible and I was like, this is the company that I want to work for. So I'm pretty proud of like building that and, you know, it could... This could be the end like it could you know all fall apart in the next three months I don't think it will but you know I'm, I'm pretty excited about you know the fact that I do feel that the people that work here want to work here and like working and, here. well
1: so what are you looking at looking ahead like that right now beyond three months looking mm-hmm. through all of 18 and into the next year you know looking the year two years uh, ahead what's next
0: 2018 uh, for me is 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 the homecoming year um, my goal is to establish an office back in Chicago, get back to the roots of, of where I kind of cut my teeth in this and you know establish that we're a real player here I mean we've we've developed some really good results um, you know when facing up against some of the biggest companies in the industry we've won more times than we've lost in the last year um, and that's you know the one consistent thing that I hear from people when they decide to go with us over the major players and our competitors is we're going with you, uh, Steve, because we're buying your passion. Like, you, we told you to come here and you were on a flight the next morning. You left in the afternoon. But you came and you had coffee with us and you left. Like, I am committed to that. I want my clients to know that, you know, ultimately my heart is on the line and I'm doing everything I can to deliver for them. It won't always work out. You know, that, that is the reality of the business that we're in um and that's why i try really hard when i work with someone to promise opportunity uh, i i don't name drop i don't really you know promise a certain deal volume i project and i talk about past results you know it's like the stock market past results aren't indicative of future returns just because i closed a half million dollars for x property doesn't mean that's coming to you it it means that that process is coming to you and it should work mm-hmm. all right and
1: and Respect of your time. I know you've got other meetings and stuff today too. So um, we've been chatting for a while now. The before we go, we talked a little bit about. Advice uh, you, you threw out there, one thing about folks: stop looking for a handout, find your passion, and and mm-hmm. go after it. Which is you're a perfect example of that. You talked a lot about passion, and that's yeah. what makes you successful. How do you, how do you put your finger on
0: that? It's funny. My my own family in my early years of my career were were starting to kind of look at me as a quitter because I was really? always changing jobs, and huh. and and you know it got to the point where it really was just me that believed in the master plan. To me. I, I don't want you to waste six months. I don't want you to waste a month of your life doing something that makes you miserable. So, you know, if you get into a career that that isn't a fit for you, you just take it off the resume. Like, it, you know, if you're only there for a little bit of time, like they don't want you there either. Like if somebody comes to work for me and and they're miserable, like get out, you know? There's other people that want to be here. And ultimately, you got to keep searching until you find it and it is out there and and that was the mentality that i took was i was just going to keep going and and yes changing but i don't i don't feel that i really ever deserved any of the people i worked for it's not like i wasn't doing my due diligence or a good job i just think i was always you know when i felt like i had hit a ceiling or i felt like this wasn't it I was ready to move on, but I didn't waste a lot of time. I, I, I didn't you know say, hey, I'm going to string you out while I spend all day filling out applications. I just left, and then I figured it out. And I always felt good at you know confident enough in myself in the interview process that I was like, you know, you, you need to hire me because I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. You know, be willing to get out there and fail, try a bunch of different things. If you don't like it, move on. You know, because eventually you're going to bump into something that really gets you going and and it lights that spark and then. The last thing is, as far as starting a company, you know, Mitch Thrower was the first one that ever said it to me, because I, I was that kid in the crowd during his speech that raised his hand, said, I've got an idea, when do I start the company? I don't actually have it, but, you know, in theory. He was like, today, now, right now. He, and I was like, but, but I have $3,000 in credit card debt. And he's like, doesn't matter, start it now. So there is no right time, but there is a certain right circumstance. And, and to me, there's one. Um, what I said before, like, I literally couldn't stop thinking about it at work, when I was going home at night working on it, falling asleep or being kept up by the ideas, dreaming about it and waking up thinking about it. Like it literally does become your eat, sleep and breathe. When that is the case, you're ready, just go, because then your passion's behind it. If, if you've got an idea that you like, that you, th- you, you gotta have the right reason, right? Like if you're in it to make a bunch of money, might not work, might not work. It might work, it might not, you know, all, most likely not. But if you're behind it because you believe that you're trying to, you know, in our case, disrupt and make you know, sponsorship and partnership marketing a more results-driven relationship, that's my end goal, you know, my end goal, I, I really, truly believe is unachievable. Like I want this to be the new industry standard is that everybody has a part of their retainers and their value and their revenue structure tied to like actually delivering it. And I know that that's on the commission side, but I'm talking about the process. Right. So. So ultimately, that's my end goal. We may never get there in my lifetime, but it's something to aspire to, and it's bigger than me. So, and that, I think you've got to have something like that that you become obsessed with.
1: You know, we, you mentioned you had multiple different mentors, too. I think you wanted to make sure that you acknowledge them. We've talked about uh, Kevin, Kevin Adler. We've talked about... Uh, who else did I have written down here? AJ. AJ good old AJ Maestas and uh, your dad with some good advice. I think, it was, was it Brian at Dream Careers? Is that- yeah,
0: yeah, there's, there's, there's two more people in particular that I really want to thank and, and call out for being here. One is Brian Breen. Brian, as I mentioned, was my first job out of college. Uh, he was my first boss. The guy has a level of passion that is literally unmatchable. Um, you know, he's really pushed me in my career to take a I'm the one mentality, and if you want to find out more about what that means, check out Les Brown on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a speech called I'm the one. If that doesn't move you to feel something, then you're not a human being in my book. Um, but it's ultimately, uh, you know, he's the reason to me that, that Revel exists, you know, that I pushed that hard to do it as soon as I did, that I continue to push there's been two occurrences where we almost went out of business not really but i was starting to think it was doomsday and i called brian and you know the first one was when i was living on the couch in in denver driving up to fort collins a couple days a week and i was just like brian i don't think this is going to work i also had Arapahoe basin as a client so like i would go up there work a couple hours get to ski and he just told me flat out he was like steve shut up like you ski two days a week, you, you, you're living on your own, you make your own rules, like it's fine. He's like, you're not, you're not going down, keep working it. You know what you do is, is you, get, you get your head down and you start doing the work and you spend the next two weeks going just ham on email outreach, networking, LinkedIn, and In that two week period, I closed the first two deals of my company. So, you know, he was kind of the catalyst for that. And then Rob Thompson uh, with North American Sports Group, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, He was the first client I worked on when I worked with Kevin um, and has continued to be a mentor for me in my industry. You know, when I'm really faced with a tough decision or, you know, a a really tough part of my business and and moving in a different direction or some kind of Conflict internally that i'm dealing with, I call him because he's been there and done it you know hes he' started his own companies he's a master networker, and I just kind of really want to thank him for for being there for me and being willing to give the time to to help me continue to grow this thing
1: well that's the, you right and that's uh, you've, you've got to find those kinds of
0: of people to bounce ideas off
1: of and and you know, in some ways give you confidence, right? Steve Busby, thanks so much for being here today. If somebody is uh, wants to reach out to you, what's a way for people to connect with you? Especially if you got somebody, we've got a lot of listeners in Chicago. Somebody's like, hey, I want to be the Chicago guy for Steve. Yeah. What's some ways that... Uh, that people can get a hold of you.
0: And we are looking by the way. We we need someone that's going to kind of be post, the champion we, of this that market us. We needs to be posted us. on the, the
1: painless job board we're, at SAP. We're working
0: towards it. We've got we've got a very real and achievable goal there, but we're we're we definitely want to start some discussions with some people. I've talked with a few people here in Chicago already that I really like. Um, and you know, there's just a plethora of talent here, but if you want to get in touch with us, uh revelmarketing.co is, is our website. Uh, same ending to the email, steve.b at revelmarketing.co. Steve.b, not
1: yep. steve.b, steve.b at revelmarketing.co.
0: All right, yep.
1: very cool. Any other parting uh, words of wisdom, thoughts, if, uh, that you wanted to spit out but uh, we didn't touch on or are we, uh, we feeling good?
0: No, I, I feel good. Honestly, the last thing I'll say is that, you know, if there's someone out there that listens to this that is interested in our model and wants to talk to us, I want to talk too. I mean, ultimately what I say to people, especially the ones that either aren't in a position or don't want to work with us because they're going to go with somebody that maybe is a better fit for them right now, I always say, well, we're not going anywhere. So we'll talk next year. I mean, I I really do believe in what we're doing here and, and I hope that we have an opportunity to continue to grow this thing for the right reasons.
1: Great note to end on. Steve Busby, thank you so much for uh, popping in from Denver and making some time here during your other meetings to uh, to chat about Rebel Marketing and your background. Good Absolutely. luck, and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch.
0: Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it.
1: Alright, big thanks to Steve and lots of luck as he continues his growth in Denver and possible expansion to Chicago or upcoming expansion in Chicago, I guess I should say. Check the pod description for links to connect with him and Revel Marketing. And don't forget two other things you can find in the description. Check out Assemble Shared Office. Make sure you sign up for our Valentine's Day networking event, February 14th, RSVP today because spots are limited. And then get that nice discount on the Bank of America Shamrock Shuffle keep that running resolution. Hopefully 17 days in you're, you're still, still holding on to that uh, resolution. But if not, uh, there's time to get back in the groove and run the uh, 8k race on March 25th. Look for the links in the podcast description. All right. Time for me to
0: get the heck out of your ears until next time it's Chris Hartwick saying stay connected friends.